0: My microphone. Oh good, my Yeti's plugged in. Hi everybody, welcome to Agitator. My name is J. David Osborne, that's Kelby Losek, and we are joined today by our very first guest, one-third of the White Trash Occultism Trio. Feels good to have him back, Mr. Lucas Mangum. Lucas, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners who might not know
1: who you are? It's great to be here for this. Uh,
0: Excellent, thank you so much for that,
1: yeah, no, I appreciate it's... it. impromptu white trash occultism reunion i guess um i am lucas mangum as david already pointed out um i am an award nominated author uh splatterpunk award two times uh two times nominated um uh, my most recent book is called the final gate it is co-written with wesley southard who uh who beat me out in uh, the for the splatterpunk award? in one of those two times, um, but it's uh, the final gate is a tribute to um, Lucio Fulci's um, Italian horror, and uh, you can get that you know in all the book places, um, but you know Amazon is probably where you will get it because that's you know just the way people shop these days, I guess.
0: Book that. Go to the book depot or the what book shop where you can order it to your all these fucking dumb things that writers do where they're like,
1: this is good. This is how we support. No, but no. you know, which <laughs> that dumb thing that we all did, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Let's, we, let's, we
0: support, let's, we support Amazon
2: here. We are Bezos till we die. I love when, uh, <laughs> I love when they're like, uh, support brick and mortar shops, your local, whatever. Like, What's, what's your local bookstore, bro? Oh, we got a Barnes and Noble. Oh. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Honestly, or 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 when we do fuck, yeah. when we do throw our books up on places like Gumroad, like all the people who say fuck amazon they don't they don't buy that shit unless it's on amazon no.
0: <laughs> exactly dude i did that experiment myself i was just gonna have tomahawk on Gumroad, and then yep. i was like after the initial sales nothing happened and sure enough as soon as i put it on amazon it gets Purchased because Amazon is really good about keeping user data. So they know everybody who's bought one of my books and they get an email when a new book of mine comes out. Not every time, but and not every person, but they get notified. I get it all the time, too. I get, you know, Mm -hmm. here's a new book from an author that you've bought something from. Right. It's inescapable. It's the evil empire. I mean, until until we come up with something better, which we're not going to. Uh <laughs> Amazon is just kind of the the way to go, I guess. Yeah. But um if anybody's interested, we do have a bunch of episodes of White Trash Occultism that appeared on Kelby's Heathenish radio. He's posted them mm-hmm. there. We also posted them to BitChute and yep. YouTube. We got a lot of love on BitChute from the conspiracy theory people. It's probably <laughs> some of the biggest episodes of anything we've done <laughs> have, been, yeah. have been on BitChute. Uh <laughs> We get a lot of angry comments about how we're gay. Uh, it's awesome. It's like yeah, the Wild West. Great. It feels like the way the internet used
1: to be before. Yeah, I'm like, I remember that when we got that comment, I was like, man, I haven't been called gay on the internet in like 10 years or something. Yeah, um, feels good. It it
0: feels great. like, yeah, it's
1: a throwback.
0: So today on the show, we are going to be talking about Fudo, the new generation which came out in 1997. It's not Takashi Miike's first movie, but it is the first movie that launched his career on the international scene. It actually went to, uh, I think it was called Belgian Fright Fest, which was uh, kind of a, a horror movie festival. And it went so far as to make Time Magazine in 1997, Time Magazine's Top 10 Best Films of the Year. It was on that list. No shit. Um, Which is weird to think about when you watch it now, (laughs) because something that I want to bring up at some point in this conversation is how this feels very much of a time, and it feels like something that wouldn't necessarily be made in this way today, which I think all three of us have an interest in bringing back. But I want to throw it out to Kelby and to Lucas uh, what were your impressions of Fudo, the new generation take it away guest
1: yeah so um what I liked about it you know um you know my my basically like my initial just like impression was um was a couple of things one there's not a lot to this movie um it's uh got a very basic setup and then it's just a lot of really interesting set pieces until the resolution um and the other thing is i just really love how ugly it is it has this very um you know mid-90s shot on video look to it yeah i mean i I don't i don't know if you can even find those cameras anymore yeah it's like power
2: rangers looking yeah and it was supposed to be straight to video it was yeah but this was actually a case of like the um the studio was like whoa this is too good yeah and like put it out in theater which is still so
1: funny like they saw this movie like like, this this was was their uh (laughs) (laughs) this was their 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 their, uh hail mary pass to try to cross over into the mainstream this is Mm -hmm. like
2: the year of goodwill hunting and titanic and they thought this this one <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah no it was supposed to be a direct to video and as kelby said they they thought that it was that it was too good that it had to be and i so one thing that i was thinking about when i was watching this movie because lucas is right there's not a whole lot to it it's very spare, sparing in terms of dialogue in terms of really any kind of plot the plot is very simple mm-hmm. uh, ricky ricky fudo is the son of uh the a mob boss a yakuza boss uh who murders his older brother to appease two warring factions of the yakuza cuts his head off with a katana ricky waits 10 years builds up his own criminal empire within his his school this is all all takes place by the way in a small town it's not tokyo it's uh i think it's Kyushu is the is the city you no know, i was just looking like that. at that it was um, um yeah it's kyushu yeah, Q-shoot, right, okay. Um, and then once he's you know built up this kind of power in his high school, he assembles a squad of uh, misfits, one of whom can shoot darts out of her vagina. One yep. of them is this massive guy who looks like he's 47 years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and another one who doesn't seem to have any real superpower, but she's kind of this mousy love interest who shoots people with an Uzi. And they begin to dismantle the, the Neo-Yakuza clan that their, and there's, their father is a part
1: there's of. There's like a kid who's really good at guns too, right? Like a five-year-old or something?
0: Yeah, he yeah, has a an army of kids. kids. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He has it's a... Tremendous. A, a, basically a kind of never-never land of children who are really good at knifing people and planting bombs on them and blowing them up. Uh, one thing about this movie that I thought lucas could talk could speak to is the the gore effects yeah what did you think of the of the of the gore in this in this movie
1: well i thought it was really cool man i um my favorite uh gore scene was when they were um all kind of kicking the severed head around and then the big cyborg guy that you mentioned uh he 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 decides to give it a try and it just explodes like i thought that was that was great um (laughs) Yeah, no it it had like fun gore effects. I'm now now notice that I'm not saying realistic gore effects. Like I don't think gore effects got like really realistic until like maybe the mid two thousands. Um, with like you know maybe Rob Zombie movies and like uh, The Hills of Eyes and Hostel and stuff like that. Um, but uh, this did have a very like, uh, comic booky, almost trauma esque, uh, kind of feel. Uh, to their effects, like they were just like really loud and messy and just, I don't know just fun
2: There's another, not a James Bond style but uh, another external window massacre with the uh, the first Uzi girl killing in the parade when oh, she no. blows up the is uh, it just where a bunch of uh, Yakuza are kind of gathered she just runs in there and just mm-hmm. fucking murks everybody and uh there's that, that nike loves shooting in through the windows like something through the past few movies we've watched and like he really likes that camera being outside looking in
1: um i do actually have a question um I, you know on you you know you, we talked about the producer or or whoever wanting um to try for a theatrical release now were these the same um, the same uh, people that were producing his, like, was this still technically V-Cinema or whatever? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. it was still V-Cinema. It was still the, the company that, that he that he worked for. And this obviously was the first in a series. There are two other Fudo movies yeah. that are, were not directed by Miike um, that actually relegated the characters of this one sort of to the background. It was a very strange hmm. choice to set up all these characters and kind of have your uh, kind of Suicide Squad of miscreant, yeah, yeah, uh, kids, and then completely throw that away and be like, okay, we're gonna focus on different characters in these other movies. But yeah, it was the it was the same company that hired him to do Lady Hunter and um, the the other the other bikini, uh, you know, super cop movies. Basically, mm-hmm. um, one thing. Oh, that's I got off track. But when I was talking about the dialogue being spare, I often wonder. Uh, if this is like a language barrier because when japanese is translated into english as with any language it's not unique to japanese you lose things like context and and mm. like in jokes and word play and things like that so it's always interesting for me when i see these movies that feel very spare and like the dialogue is just moving the plot along is it yeah. actually that way or if I was Japanese, would I be like, yo, this has, like, killer dialogue, right?
1: That's like, an interesting just, point, know. because, like, I, I took a uh, translated literature class a few years ago. And, um, yeah, like, a lot of uh, translators, like, they don't really, they don't fuck with the literal translation, really. They, it like, the translation itself becomes an art. And so, like, I mean, yeah, they'll translate it literally to, like, kind of get the gist and then like they kind of just do their own thing so oh I'm wondering God. if that happens when movies get subtitled I know that like you know with a lot of uh, foreign films you'll see um, the uh, the subtitled version and the dubbed version will like have different translations you know like yeah. and, it's the and, case uh, with anime
2: all the time like anime yeah. is they, they hate watching uh, dubbed versions mm-hmm. um Because they're nowhere near as interesting as the trans... It's kind of the opposite of this. Like, the translated version of anime uh, tends to have, like, much better dialogue. Mm. and The English version is usually, like, trying to cater towards kids, basically. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's because different languages have different conceptual priorities. So something I know in French when uh lowdown came out in france it's like a 300 page book and it's 120 pages in english and it's just because in french it takes that much more to like say they also put little asterisks by some of my jokes which was funny there's an asterisk by one of my jokes and then the footnote is like this is a poop joke you know (laughs) like (laughs) That only makes sense in English, but this is—he's making a poop joke, basically. That's great. But uh, you know, maybe something was lost in translation. That's my excuse for why that book uh, completely bombed and has nothing but one-star reviews (laughs) on French Goodreads.
1: (laughs) Oh
2: man, (laughs) it's hilarious because their complaints are like the same as American complaints. Yeah, (laughs) it just never actually got to people who
0: liked
1: the book. (laughs) You know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that's like at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But oh, yeah. you know, it
1: was a five-star review you sent
2: us the screenshot of earlier.
0: <laughs> do you like? There's a there's a thing that I'm guilty of that authors do sometimes, where they they post their Goodreads reviews and like respond to them. And that's, uh, that always seems like a bad idea
1: to me. Yeah, I never respond to, respond to reviews. I, 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 for the most part, I never even read them, but like I just every once in a while, and I do mean every once in a while, like I think this is the first review of mine that I wasn't tagged in, and we can talk about that later, um, you know, uh, that I had read in like months, um, because I mean, mainly because like just, It was the first review it had gotten in, like, a couple weeks, I guess, so it just, I was like, oh, and I guess, you know, I couldn't resist the uh, Mm -hmm. temptation to read, and, you know, I wouldn't say I regretted it immediately, because I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't as, uh, I wasn't super, I wasn't, like, offended or anything, but I was just like, oh, okay, (laughs) okay.
0: Oh, I know the one you're talking about, the one that was, uh, it's, it's like one star and the person was like, I'm blind and this, this book sucks. It's
1: yeah. (laughs) Like what a weird thing to put in a review, man. Like, just (laughs) what, like, I don't even know like what to make of
2: that. I want to go to their review history and see if they're like also reviewing like stair steps and shit. Like, yeah, blind to
0: I, I wanna I wanna go to people's reviews and read them and be like, first of all, I'm retarded, and this book did not cater to my retardation. There were, <laughs> there, there was no descriptions of delicious snacks and crayons, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else do retarded people like? <laughs> I don't even I, know how I, to answer that. <laughs> I guess a, I guess a lot of things that normal people like too but yeah just i think so in a sillier way in a goofy way um <laughs> <laughs> kelby's loving this he's just like <laughs> he's, he's dying <laughs> anyway lucas welcome to uh, agitator this is no, uh, this what back. we do so you have a podcast with jeff burke the homie jeff burke who i haven't spoken to in a long time but he and i used to kick it all the time back in portland you guys Uh, were uh,
1: serbian film buddies you guys that's right always always posting about a serbian film yeah we were
0: we would talk about it you know we would go out and smoke cigarettes and and talk about that and you know all sorts of kind of stuff and i always i've always liked jeff's um takes on things i think that he is a contrarian through and through to his very core but i like contrarians because i am one right yeah uh, and while sometimes the things that he say can be fucking annoying, uh, you get interesting takes out of it, right? So yeah, what what is your podcast about? Uh, what do you guys What are you guys doing here?
1: Oh yeah, so um, I kind of mentioned, you know, when you were asking me about the gore effects, like I said, they were it, it, at times, you know, the gore effects in this movie Fudo uh, were kind of trauma esque. And mm-hmm. the reason I, I, trauma has been on the brain is because I am, uh, yeah, I co host a podcast with Jeff Burke called Make Your Own Damn Podcast. And it is a podcast where we look back on, uh, trauma movies. Um, our most recent episode, we, uh, talked about blood sucking freaks probably for longer than anybody has talked about blood sucking freaks. But, well, that's uh, it's
0: like two and a half hours, bro. It
1: it's is just long. It is. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, we're the, the, the Rogan of trash cinema, I guess. Oh, don't <laughs> say that. You'll get fucking if, canceled, dude. If, if y'all have just said midget,
2: y'all could have cut out like 30 minutes of trying to... Uh, <laughs> oh, make, so, like,
1: so you listened to it. Figure all that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, bro, bro. This
2: is yeah. so
0: <laughs> Yeah, so we we all kind of came from the same, you know, for for listeners who are new to like, the JDO show, or who kind of come to this podcast because you like alt lit, um, you know, Sam Pink type stuff. Uh, Lucas, were you were you a Bizarro? Because I, I, me and Jeff were. Kelby came a little bit later.
1: Yeah, like I uh, went to I went to Bizarrocon a couple times. Um, I uh, I think my first time there, I uh, I signed up to buy you a beer because you know, you've got a pretty face. Um, yeah, man. Oh. but uh. Uh, yeah, no, I, um, I, I, I have a, I, I have a hard time calling myself a bizarro, but I've always, um, had a lot of love for those kids. I call yeah. them kids, even though a lot of them are older than us, but like, you know, yeah. they just yeah. have a very, they're very young at heart.
0: hmm Man, I really want the, the reason why I bring that up is because I really want bizarro energy to come back, right? Even yeah. if it looks a little bit different. So we all know that in 2016. Donald Trump was elected to the Oval Office uh, and set about to just being the best president we've ever had, right? And because of that, he made a lot of people really mad. And all these new rules started coming out about what you are allowed to do and what you aren't allowed to do. And one of the things that I think is cool about what you guys are doing with Make Your Own Damn Podcast, what we're doing with Agitator, is whether it's Troma or Miike All of those have this same kind of bizarro spirit that I kind of want us to get back to. And I, I, you know, I divide it up into, you know, the DIY aesthetic, right? You know, you -hmm. you do it yourself, you do it as best as you can and, you know, kind of keep it moving.
1: Who cares about resources?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Don't worry about resources. Uh, But then also, you know, just the spirit of like, like, let's just make something entertaining. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember Carlton Mellick used to say this all the time it doesn't matter whether a book is good or bad. It matters whether it's entertaining or not entertaining. And yeah. Yeah. Speak on that. Speak, speak on that to the people.
1: Well, um, we can talk about, uh, you know, to tie it back to, uh, Fudo, uh, you know, like, like I mentioned it, there's, there's really not a lot to this movie. It has admittedly a very, like, you know, um, I was going to say a biblical setup, but, uh, the, the reviewer, uh, I want to give credit where credit is due over at midnight. Eye. um, yeah. It's describes it yeah describes it as a um as a shakespearean setup which i think is probably a little closer uh to what um what it is um you know you've got that setup and then it's that that setup is really just an excuse to just have um yeah just to kind of show the action play out of just okay uh father killed uh dude's brother dude wants revenge and he's Mm -hmm. gonna he's gonna take revenge with like his buddies and so like what are the craziest death scenes we can have because we don't want it to be repetitive it can't just be people getting shot you know like Mm -hmm. you know like let's have darts coming out of pussies let's have exploding heads let's have some decapitations um so you know uh i guess that is crazy to me that it made top 10 in time magazine but like because i i I can see like a capital c critic seeing this movie and being like like not saying this is a good movie but Mm -hmm. like Mm
0: -hmm. i would
1: say it doesn't matter because it's an entertaining movie
0: exactly exactly you got a guy who drinks poison and then blood starts to come out of every orifice in his body and when they open the car door like just a fountain of blood comes out
1: i wouldn't (laughs) be surprised if uh you know um if uh lloyd kaufman like because he's admitted to being a miyake fan um like he like the whole reason he uh had paltry to be a musical was because he loved the happiness of the katakuri so much yeah, yeah, yeah. um but uh there's a scene in Terra firmer where this chick starts like throwing up on people in the back of a car and then everybody else starts throwing up and that scene um where the guy drinks acid actually reminded me of that um, scene from terraformer which came out 3 years later so i'm wondering if that was also a little um yeah like maybe a homage yeah, yeah. homage yeah
0: yeah yeah it's entirely possible i i also uh so there's that that there's a great visual gag where the the dart pussy girl shoots uh at the at the big son of a bitch the big wrestler guy yeah he blocks it but he gets like blood all over his face and she okay. goes you know sorry i'm on my period that's and right then, and then there's a great touch where he like smells his finger <laughs> like
1: yeah 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 all over him. And he's that's like mm, nice
0: <laughs> and you know it's just like little stuff yeah. like that yeah so we-
1: that scene um i was uh i was i was watching it I was watching the movie while I was working and so that scene was what made me like pause it and be like I need to like watch this movie watch this movie because this yeah. is not something I want to watch at work like you know I mean I work from home so it doesn't matter but like I wanted to like give it like even more attention after I saw that scene and it's cause
0: great because it just... she she works at the strip club and every time it's like the same theme music that comes on it's like yeah. this corny it's like this song that has English words but you can tell it's not an, a, per, a native English speaker because the lyrics are like sex
1: yeah (laughs)
2: that's great this is a this is a great example of like have like you can have a simple setup as an excuse to like it's not the what it's the how um which is like a common theme of of uh, Mike's movies is like the what is going on isn't necessarily like anywhere near as important as how it's going to take place um, but this is one of the f- one of the only ones that I can think of where it has like a beginning, middle and end whereas yeah. you're usually like thrown into the middle of whatever the fuck is going on in a Miki movie so that yeah. was that was pretty interesting to see like a just a feel a different uh structure breathe out with yeah
1: i mean other it,
2: methods like at play
1: i mean it definitely has like three acts but i would I, I think that middle act is like like way longer than both than the other two like because it's you know it's like that simple setup and then it's just kill 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 and then it's you know yeah
0: I like the Korean guy a lot. So Miyake is always touching on outsiders, and and one of his big themes is that he has people who are mixed race that are in it. And yeah, there was a, a the the Korean assassin, basically the North Korean special forces agent who's really obsessed with making kimchi. I thought was really funny, and I don't know if it's racist or not. I don't know enough about Japanese and Korean culture that there's this you know there's this guy. I knew that he was Korean. From the minute he talked, because Rios is watching Korean dramas all the time. And I spent a month in South Korea. Mm -hmm. So when he calls his dad Abuji, I was like, oh, he's Korean. I get it. And he's kind of like this weird looking dude. He's got kind of like a weird rat tail mullet thing. There's another sick mullet in this movie, by the way. There's many sick mullets in this film. Yeah. Ricky Takeuchi, who is literally probably just in it because he's Miege's maybe at the time favorite actor because he's in Dead or Alive and uh, Deadly mm-hmm. Outlaw Reka and you know pretty much did, like all of his movies in, in some way or another actually that's not true but anyway um <laughs> but so he's like you know this guy's obsessed with making kimchi and he's like this deadly North Korean killer but yeah Miege's always doing that he's always like putting people of different uh races we talked about it in the blues harp episode last time where it takes place by a you know an american uh naval base right so there's like one of the main characters is half black although i'm not sure that he's actually half black because he just he kind of looks like he's got a soul man thing going on Uh, a little a little shoe polish action but uh but basically that's that's one of Again, different times, right? Different times. We didn't, we we didn't know back then.
2: Making we're not it... allowed to call Asians racist. Oh, right, I forgot.
0: Yeah. There's, there is classically, there is no, no friction between the African American and Asian populations of this country at all. You guys remember when that was a big story—the wave of Asian hate crimes—and then everybody dropped it because the people who were perpetrating the crimes, it was like, uh. It's not white people doing it.
2: (laughs) I feel like we kind of told you about this in 1992 with a little movie called Menace to Society. Menace to Society.
0: I almost said don't be a menace
2: because I mix mix those two up all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love the the scene where it's like he's filling out the job application and it's like sex? Hell yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they use that joke in uh, Austin Bowers also. Sex?
2: Yes, please.
0: Um, (laughs) Just recycled jokes. I went back and looked at a compilation of the best jokes from Ace Ventura. There's actually some pretty funny, some pretty funny jokes in there. And then you get to like the like the jokes. Pretty much at the back half of the movie are just all trans jokes, and you're like, it's weird because you start to feel like secondhand, like cringe a little bit. You know, like I don't personally care, but you can like imagine somebody else watching it. And you're just like, oh, man, this would just, you just feel them like starting to re. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what are we talking about? Fudo? Okay. Um... (laughs) Speaking of trans. uh... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, not trans, but, you know, (laughs) which that is, that's another thing that they, that, and by they, I mean, you know, indie filmmakers, filmmakers in general seem to do more back in the day was they would just put stuff into their movie because they were like, this is crazy. Because mm-hmm. the fact that Mika is a hermaphrodite in this—the woman who shoots darts out of her pussy—also has a dick. Yeah, uh, which I thought that was also weird. Because why not give the dick to the, to the girl who has nothing else to do in the movie? Like you kind of oh, yeah. overload one character with all yeah. these with all these quirks. It's and, almost but like, like, yeah. But then it's yeah. like, but what's also what's the point? You know, like, it doesn't factor into the movie in any way except for having a really funny scene, I guess.
2: Where there's like yeah, a little. The, that sex scene. The where, sex scene. Which was actually shot kind of erotically. Like it wasn't yeah. portrayed as goofy. It was like. <laughs> I don't know. She's like, So I have a dick. She's like, Oh, really? Well, you want to yeah. have sex?
1: <laughs> it, it sounds like Kelby is being crass, but this is literally how it plays out in, yeah. in that scene. Like it is just like don't worry i have a penis and then there's just like some weird like candlelight kind of i mean i don't remember if there are actual candles in it but it, it had a very like 90s like yeah. 90s softcore kind of feel going just on like this little r kelly starts
2: playing mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're when they're just talking on the couch and she's like i'm kind of feeling this attraction to you and she's like me too but i don't know how two women would even do such a thing. She's like, oh, don't worry about that. Girl. I got it covered. <laughs> I got it oh my covered. God. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That is, yeah,
0: stuff like that just, like, cracks me up. She's like, I have a secret. And it's that whenever I'm in hot water, my, ta- my Yakuza tattoo shows, right? And then the other girl's like, I have a secret, too. I have a fucking penis. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's exactly how it
1: plays out, though. That's, that's really yeah. Great. And that was the the first mention, right? I mean, like that's like it, we don't yeah. know that she is until wow,
0: yeah. I don't know what she does with the penis in the earlier scenes because you know you see up close shots of her uh, vagina. Peach. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, there's actually a great shot that like follows from inside her vagina out the tube, and 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 back in kind of yeah. a, a proto Fight Club move right um or like david Venture would do that kind of stuff all the time where the camera was like you know moving around through air ducts and shit yeah but this one is you know and other movies have done i can't think of them now but like the, the hedge wanted wanted to through the head right Did the camera go through the head and wanted
1: yeah and, and um, also in the texas chainsaw remake there's a the chick blows her brains out and then the camera goes through her head yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's a fun trick, right? Yeah.
0: But yeah, no, I mean, like, it's literally just kind of there, and that's something that I think people think is really off-putting about Miike, is that, you know, you get these kind of random things, flo- like, thrown in there, but that's part of the appeal for
1: me, because you never know what the scene is going to, to do. Yeah, no, I think um when it comes to, uh, you know, making art, I think... um, you know, we always talk about subverting expectations, and I swear, man, like most of the people who talk about subverting expectations, like, and I, of course, I'm not going to name names, but like they put out the most like generic shit. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. whose expectations well, are you subverting? Like, <laughs> they'll do shit
2: like just rip off the plot of a, a, a James Bond story and be like, except it's a chick. It's like yeah, oh right. wow you really blew my mind there yeah, like right. and Mike does it in this way that like it, it's not um because i have a distaste for a lot of modern hollywood shit that's just like and here's the strong woman and here's the asian american who because everybody in every city in the world has an asian friend and mm-hmm. here's like it, it, and it's just all these like it's it's not eye roll inducing because oh diversity. It's eye roll inducing because it's like yeah of course like it's just so expected. Whereas mm-hmm. like like these Mickey movies that have a lot of diversity, a lot of like just marginalized people, a lot of weirdos, a lot of mixed race people. It's all but it's like yeah. you don't know what to expect. Like you you know you don't mm-hmm. know anything about these people. And so you see them and you're like, holy shit, this movie yeah. had
1: a damn hermaphrodite in it. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. I mean, trauma, you know, would do that a lot too. I mean, there was just, yeah, all different kinds of, all different t- t- kinds of cats in those movies. Yeah. Back when
0: it was actually a thing that you did because you genuinely found yourself interested in difference, right? Right. You, it's, it's a different approach to things of, like, inclusion versus a celebration of difference. And mm-hmm. both of those things are important in different uh, contexts, right? Of course, inclusion is actually important when it comes to, you know, including people of different backgrounds in right. the actual making of things, right? But then art it's, itself... I think, should be more of a celebration of of difference and and should include things like stereotypes and, you know, offensive shit. And, you know, like, let's all celebrate how weird and different we all are together Mm -hmm. Uh, instead of it being like, hey, here's a person who looks different than you, but they're actually exactly the same. No, fuck that. I don't want people to be exactly like me. I hang out with myself all the time. It's exhausting. Right. Like, let's 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 get weird, you know?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and, and especially cause we're talking about fantasy, right? Like, so it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird to me. Like, um, see, you know, like hearing people who want to like, I mean, I guess like, you know, people have always kind of been this way. Like, you know, you're always going to have the people who want to burn books, I guess, but I don't know. It's, it seems like the people who, I don't know, it just kind of seems like uh, crust punks are acting like PTA moms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
2: the that's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's trend right now. It's like diversity should be like, like a party, not a shopping excursion.
0: Mm,
2: boom, well said.
0: Yeah. No, I like that, yeah, exactly. You shouldn't just be, you know ticking boxes uh, movies got so formulaic during the late 80s and early 90s for completely different reasons but there started to be whole genres of satire about the cliches that you could expect to see in say 80s action movies or something like that like in hot shots or hot shot shots part do um yeah. you know they were doing send-ups of things like rambo and top gun and stuff because there were you know jokes about how common these things were and i'm interested to see if we'll have satires like that five years down the road about this moment that we're in right now or if that's too scary to do you know
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean i this this isn't quite what you're talking about but like um i do feel like james Gunn's the suicide squad like definitely feels like kind of a uh cabin in the woods uh of superhero movies you know where it's like very Mm. much like kind of I'm not going to say deconstructs cause I am like so sick to death of that term. Um, but it's, it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's very, um, it just, it, it, it makes you feel like it's one thing, but it also like knows what it is. And, um, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it is de- deconstructive. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so when you're watching a movie like Fudo, you write really fucked up shit. Um, Luke, I worked on one of your books that had a lot of pissing in it. Um, yeah and so there's you know there's all kinds of gore and piss and stuff like that my question is when you see a movie like fudo is it what what would you do if you were trying to write something that had the feeling of a fudo how how would you approach that that project
1: that's a yeah i um i guess i would i would i would approach it um Probably similarly, I mean, not, you know, I, I'm i going to say similarly to Miyake, M- 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 but only in the sense that, like, the way he sets it up, like, in that it's like, okay, like, I want, like, like, say I'm, I'm making a movie and I want this movie to be, like, mostly just really crazy death scenes, you know, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and moments of like kind of irreverence. Like what is the most um what is the most like uncomplicated like story I can tell mm-hmm. that um that will allow for all these things to kind of happen and not feel out of place. Like yeah. cuz even you know, the, uh, the aforementioned, uh, the aforementioned, uh, intersex love scene. Um, like it's like, I know it, like it is like very just like, oh, I wish we could be together, but Oh no, we can because I have, I have, I have the equipment, you know, um, uh, you know, it doesn't feel out of place in the movie. Like it actually feels like it belongs there. Yeah. It feels, um, yeah. I don't know it, it feel like I, I'm not going to say thematically significant because I don't know if this, this particular film has a theme, but like um, we'll talk about that. In a second. We'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But actually
0: I want to, I want to uh, maybe ask a question that can clarify this a little bit. So, I mean the final gate. So when yeah. you're making a book that is, uh, you know, an homage to these Fulci films, how do you approach that what elements of the movies are important right did okay. fulci did the zombie movie with the spike that goes through the eyeball
1: is yeah. that right yeah, yeah the that's the classic
0: movie. the classic gore scene that oh i, yeah. I remember from that because it's zombie with an eye right zombie zombie uh, two or something like that
1: yeah so that's that gets confusing <laughs> um mm-hmm. but yeah so long story short uh um the original Dawn of the Dead was released in Italy as Zombie, and because Italians just did not give a fuck back in the day, they um, <laughs> they made a movie called Zombie 2, even though mm-hmm. it wasn't really a sequel at all. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, that's – yeah. Um,
0: so but, what elements are you trying to dis- – Oh, okay. So, so you're
1: asking, like, if I wanted to write a – a like, what I would do if I wanted to write a me a gay, tribute right, right. but piece. But, okay. but
0: start start by telling us what you actually did with the with the Fulci book. Like how did you decide what elements go into that and then yeah I'd love to hear what you would do if yeah. you were to do that for me. So
1: with the Folchi book it was like um we kinda looked at like So Folchi was a lot like Miyake in that he did a lot of movies. Like I think he also did something like a hundred mm-hmm. films. Um but the films that he did that everybody really thinks of when they think of Lucio Fulci, uh, they think of, um, you know, basically a run that he had in the, like started in 79 with zombie. And then it, um, like 83, 84, it went, it went from there, like from those, for those few years, like that, you know, um, you know, there's stuff like gates to hell and the beyond and house by the cemetery. Um, and, uh, so basically we looked at those films and we we're like, what do we, what do we like about these movies? Um, okay. We really like the atmosphere cause the atmosphere is like super dense. Like it is just, I mean, they're essentially mood pieces with a lot of gore. Um, and we're like, okay, we want to, we want to have some eyeball gougings and some, uh, you know, and, uh, and yeah, you know, uh, kind of, yeah, we, we just found like kind of the types of uh, the types of characters you would see in these types of movies. We kind of focused on like what um what would be like we didn't lift any settings from those movies, but like we kind of like took a setting that we thought we could easily see in one of those movies. You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't think as far as I know, full she never did a movie about an orphanage, but like, I mean, come on, like it just mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. made sense. Um we also wanted to have some animal attacks because uh for whatever reason like Italian horror movies l- love doing weird shit with animals. Mm-hmm. Um Scampi and- Holocaust Italian it is, it is. Uh that, that one crosses some lines because it actually yeah. kills the animals. I've um, seen it. It's fucking but I, up. <laughs> it is, but I I, I, I I do maintain that it is a good movie. Um I, I do yeah. think it's a good movie.
0: That wiener uh, chopping looks real in that movie too, by the it way. It looks very real. <laughs> they cut that guy's dick off, I was like that I, I don't looks know. fucking real
1: i don't know if you guys know but the uh the the director was actually uh tried for murder uh, because of that movie because he made all the actors sign ndas Mm -hmm. and um uh there's there was one particular effect that he had to like bring the girl in and like show how the effect was done um it was when he had there's this uh this woman gets kind of impaled basically from the classic to mouth yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and uh
0: after if i remember correctly she gets raped with a stone yep isn't that what happened yeah yeah okay yeah yeah that Uh, movie sticks with you right i mean (laughs) there are movies that i can't remember shit about that like that i actually genuinely liked and then if you were to ask me what happened in that movie be like i don't know but you say cannibal holocaust i'm like they cut up that rat that, that weird rodent thing they the turtle the turtle oh, dis- disemboweling, yeah. the woman getting raped with a stone and then impaled on a spike, and then the wiener chopping. Those are the yeah. things that I very specifically remember from from that movie. But um, uh, okay, so if you were then to do so, when you actually, sorry if this is going off track or whatever, but this is really interesting to me because mm-hmm. I, I actually am trying in whatever way that I can to emulate. Nikkei in my upcoming books right i want to yeah. kind of get that sort of spirit back so when you say something like mimicking uh fulci's atmosphere what does that mean
1: so Folchi's. um so <laughs> do you want me to talk about fulci's atmosphere or do you want me to talk about like like what um like how i would go about emulating something like that the the
0: I guess the the first part in the way that I would see it would wrap into the second, so okay. you could just probably answer. Yeah, the
1: second yeah, yeah, yeah. So, first. so Fulshy stuff was just like really, just the way it was lit, um, and like the music was a big part. Now we're doing books. You and I aren't aren't you know, and Kelby aren't making movies yet, um, but. Uh, ooh, you know so for books you you do got to get a little a little creative like you know kind of for me and 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 wes it was kind of looking at like stuff in the scenery we can do um that can kind of um that can bring that out you know um you know obviously with the music thing you're kind of lost um yeah but uh but with the uh but yeah like i would focus on like kind of the scenery the weather like you know stuff like that um mm-hmm. because you know like what what time it is you know just like stuff mm-hmm. that you know like what what time is it usually in me gay movies like i don't know you know <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's true by the way hello to kelby's son he's making an appearance on the podcast so get hello up. hello say hi. can you
2: say hi the
0: screen the head off. oh was he really oh dang yeah he looks he looks pretty upset right now. <laughs> yeah he doesn't look happy so with fudo if you were to turn that into a book what elements would you be looking at as far as as far as translation goes
1: um you know i would want to have uh definitely like similar characters you know just Uh like because i think the characters really stand out a lot in this film um i would want really creative death scenes you know Mm -hmm. i mean yeah there are a few like just straight up shootings in this movie but i think um you know like we're we're gonna more remember the uh drinking of the acid and the Mm -hmm. kicking Mm -hmm. of the exploding head and all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and vagina darts. So, you know, kind of think of versions, you know, like things that you can do with you know, I don't know what your particular <laughs> book is about, but like, yeah, I would I would think about like stuff that you know, that makes sense in the worlds that your book is set um mm-hmm. in order to kind mm-hmm. of create these sorts of characters and and death scenes. Right. Um,
0: And, you know, to anybody who's
1: listening to this, by the
0: way, and is like, books are different than movies. Why are you trying to make a book that's like a movie? Well, they feed into each other, don't they? Right? When movies first came on the scene, they were just taking books that already existed and filming them. And that was how that worked. And now film is its own thing. And I think that it's completely ahistorical and uh, outside of time to just, like, pretend that movies don't exist. And that people aren't influenced by movies. And that, you know, a lot of people are writing bad movies anyway as their Mm -hmm. books. You know, I've noticed this all the time with my editing where people will be like, you know, so-and-so looked at someone and you can see that they're doing the camera in their, in their head with everybody looking and looking and like their facial expressions, Mm -hmm. but there's never anything like smell. Uh, There's very little in the way of even sound. It's all (coughs) visual. So there are things I think that books can do that movies can't, but I think that, Books are really cool right now because we do have the dominant mode of entertainment, which is either video games or or, or movies depending on who you ask uh, and books have their own I think way if you're creative with it to to fit into a timeline where movies exist right so I think the Fulton yeah. is, a, is a cool example of that yeah and yeah, also, we, also this this
1: uh, futo is based on a on a manga is it not?
0: I actually didn't look that up, but I would assume it has to be, right? Yeah. It, it's very, very... I mean, Mika does so many adaptations of, of books uh, and, and um, manga and stuff like that.
2: An unfinished manga, actually. Like, it oh. was... Uh, it's hard to even... I didn't have any success looking it up. Like, it's hard to even find. But apparently it's, like, this unfinished manga that they made this movie out of. And then... I I mean I guess it encouraged more elaboration with the sequels, which sound pretty lame. Like I looked up the sequel I haven't seen them, but uh could be wrong, but I was just like, What why would you take <laughs> this like great little setup that you had the way this movie ended and then just totally like throw those characters to the background for some girl power shit? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I agree. On this podcast, we definitely hate girls. That is uh, that's the number is the one.
2: podcast. And it is, is this the, the number podcast. one thing he is accused
0: of. <laughs> yeah, this movie has some rough stuff, too, where the specifically where, uh, is it Toki or Toko? Or the, the shy girl, basically, fights the Korean guy. And it's a very, it's an uncomfortably long scene of him kicking the shit out of her and yeah. uh, making her wet herself before he throws her out of a window. So, I, uh, I kind of see uh, what people meant by that, but I also don't I don't really care, but you know, it's uh those those criticisms I think were not without merit.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, we talked about it in the Bloodsucking Freaks episode, like, you know, it's Bloodsucking Freaks is probably you know, I I won't say it's the most misogynistic movie ever made, but it's it's probably up there. Um Oh, nice. But it's, but it's also I, I do also maintain that it is a a, a good movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It was okay for and, all, to
1: be all these fucked up things like
2: it's yeah. a safe space like mm-hmm. uh, that article you shared David on a uh, your IG story today from a. Uh, uh, Pitchfork. No, not the Kanye not the <laughs> one. The one you were... Oh. You were actually screenshotting the sub stack. Uh,
0: oh, De Boer. Yeah.
2: Yeah, where he was talking about, like, how people shouldn't be relating to Holden Caulfield and shit, or even if you do, like, whatever. But, like, there's no... It's okay for books about boys being boys to be books about boys being boys. And, like, with Fight Club, Infinite Jest, and... Uh, catcher in the rye and whatever and it's like Mm -hmm. there's a safe space for art to be like about really fucked up things like it's okay for art to be no
1: by the same token like i i am okay with people not liking it you know like it it depends on what i don't know like criticism is so weird these days right like (laughs)
0: i I think i think it's i think it's invalid for people to dislike it for that reason because alternatively i don't shit on like i don't know movies about like trans people you know what i mean because they don't include enough stuff that i want to see come out of a movie like fight club or a book like catcher in the rye you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like this isn't checking my boxes of things that i'm interested in there was a the other thing that I put on my IG was a pitchfork list of, of uh, Kanye West's Donda, like five five takeaways from Donda. And the very first one was like, there are no women on this album at all, blah, blah, blah. This didn't check. And of course, it's a dude who wrote it, right? Yeah. A little guy trying to score some points. And I'm like, can we please stop? You know, I'm so exhausted with this checklisting of, mm-hmm. you know, And also of just like of not liking a thing because you don't see yourself in it, I mean, that's ridiculous, right? I I can complete I can watch something like like Girls Trip or something and and love the movie and think it's hilarious because it's funny even though it's all black women in that movie. You know what I mean? Like or uh, uh, widows or you know the list goes on and on and on of movies that don't represent me in any way, shape, or form. That's, um, yeah,
1: no, that's true. Like, I can like, like, I mean, I don't know, you guys are gonna make fun of me for it. But like, I, I do like a few, uh, a few Taylor Swift albums. And, you know, but that don't, there's no, it, it's not because I like, really, yeah, like, they don't, they clearly don't represent me. But I think they're good. They're good albums, you know?
0: Oh, no, dude. I mean, like, I liked the new Halsey record. I thought that it was pretty okay. I mean, I thought that it could have been more interesting. Of course, it is produced by Trent Reznor, so <laughs> there's, like, that <laughs> element to it that makes it kind of cool. I need to check it out now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's... uh, But, you know, I like... You know, Rios listens to K-pop. I can't understand a word that these fools are saying, right? Uh, and it's, like, really bubblegummy pop stuff, and I'm like, hey, I like this, you know? It's not me. It's not representing me the way maybe like a i don't know a black metal album or maybe some hip-hop or whatever would do Mm -hmm. but it's this any criticism really that is based around like this doesn't show the this you know this type of person right who either i am or who i think should be represented i think that people just have this idea of representation all backwards again uh, we talked about this kind of before recording, but, you know, mm-hmm. representation is very important in the the makeup of creators themselves. But it's not as important, in my opinion, in the in the pieces of art
1: that those creators create. Right. So like not in. Yeah, I know that that makes sense. I wonder where that I wonder where that leaves criticism, you know, as an art form mm. is criticism an art form. Yeah. Like, oh no! It
0: is totally. I mean, yeah. I think the the Freddie De piece talks about it really well. So what you're doing in a review, if a review is successful, is you are using the the piece of art as a springboard to talk about uh, other things, right? You're you're kind of investigating things that the film. We'll use film in this case, right? That mm-hmm. that the film is doing, and then you can then sort of talk about those things using the film as a vector for that thing, and also. I think that if you go to a film on its own terms and see whether or not it's successful, uh, that's also a good review. But you yeah. have to make a good faith effort to understand what the what the film is trying to do first, right?
1: So you I can't go
0: into, into Jaws and be mad that there's no tigers in Jaws, yes. right? You, that can't be the start of your review. You yeah. also can't be on your fucking phone the whole time you're watching the movie. And then, right. you know, have you ever watched a movie with somebody who's been on their phone the whole oh, time and God, then they're like, dude that was terrible. That sucked. And I'm like, you were on Twitter. I know. the entire time. I,
1: I, I remember this one time I saw a movie. It was land of the dead, George Romero's land of the dead. And, uh, and like this dude, like fell asleep, fell asleep on his couch, like maybe 15 minutes in. And he woke up like afterwards. And he was like, that movie was dumb. And I was like, <laughs> You weren't awake, like <laughs> you, you slept through it, fool. So no, but I I think I think your question
0: is very extremely relevant, right? What is the point of criticism? You know what? Yeah. And but I I feel like I see I do see interesting criticism all the time. Sometimes actually from places like Pitchfork. I think that when yeah. they're at their best, I think they do have reviews that you know investigate the kind of social background that would lead to this album, the artist's history, how that might inform the the current record um or something entirely different you know there's um uh, there's lots of great literary like Pauline Kale was a great movie reviewer who uh, was actually like extraordinarily sort of unwoke in her own ways and then very woke in others right yeah. um i think if you want to see how reviews are done correctly you would go back and look at some of Pauline Kale's old, old old reviews but um there's totally a place for it but it's but reviewing is not having a checklist right, right of things that movies are supposed to do and then getting mad when they don't do them
1: no, that that definitely makes sense because like yeah I've always and I mean I've kind of like wrestled with this constantly as a horror fan because like i mean it real horror really is uh, i mean maybe not so much now but for like the longest time it really was kind of considered like one step up from porn you know so like and like it would like every movie i like so many movies i love have like a 17 percent on rotten tomatoes and it's because like people were just like reviewing them the same way you would review like whatever won the fucking oscar that year and i'm like but it's a different thing like it's a, <laughs> it's a different thing
2: yeah and the same thing in burst it's like you see those oscar movies and it's always assumed like objectively it's like well you can't argue this is a good movie and it's like well actually i could because i have different standards than just this <laughs> like objective list about like Like you can't, like you can't deny Citizen Kane is great. I think Citizen Kane is trash. I fucking hate that movie.
1: (laughs) It's, you know, I watched it in a film studies class, and I remember just being like, "That's the greatest movie ever made." Like, you know, because that was, you know, I I went to, you know, I took this class when that was like the, uh, the fucking, you know, the narrative that people pushed, and uh, I was just like. That's that's it.
0: Get zero like vagina blowguns in Citizen
2: Kane. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna <laughs> sure. say, it's I don't hate it because it doesn't have these exploitative things that, like, I wish you know that I want in every movie. It's not that. It's just like, I, I there is no objective list. Do do you vibe with it or not? Nah? Yeah. And like, and then try to dive into that versus like. Video game reviews used to be really... I don't know if they still are like this, but, like, they were really terrible about... They literally had a checklist. It was like, what's the multiplayer like? What's the gameplay like? What's the graphics like? It's like, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that shit doesn't matter, because if the graphics are trash, but that's part of the appeal, then wouldn't that make the game better? Like, Yeah.
1: Yeah. If, like... Great graphics for everything. Then why is there like an entire culture of people who like worship at the throne of like all this, all these old video games? Like you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I I, the first the first time that I realized that something was amiss for me because I used to be a big time movie snob, right? And I was basically having my opinions handed to me by Roger Ebert or whoever, who I would disagree with sometimes because he notoriously gave Fight Club one star. Uh, yeah. And he was a bit of a moralist, and that yeah. that shit can get really annoying. Um, oh, yeah.
1: But yeah we've, uh, we've taken him to, to task a few times on uh Make Your podcast. It's nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Take Roger Ebert and his fucking dead ass to the woodshed. Um, <laughs> but the first time that I noticed that something was, like, amiss was I was in a film studies class. It was actually Native American film taught by this, like, really awesome guy. One, one of the people who I consider to kind of be my mentor about movies and how movies work. But we were, the class was split into two semesters. And the first one was movies uh, that were made by white people about Native Americans. And then the second half was movies uh, by Native Americans about Native Americans. So, you know, the the second class had, you know, uh, Seven Sheets to the Wind, uh, Sterling Harjo, uh, thing Harjo's actually from this this area he's uh recently has a show I think on Hulu or something I can't remember what the, mm. what the name of it is um but it also had like Housemaid of Dawn and uh the I think it was called like the Ice Runner which was really cool about uh it was like natives like like Inuit people anyway in the part of the class that was about uh white people making Native American movies they had Johnny Depp's *The Brave*, right? And so this is the only movie that Johnny Depp has ever directed, and it was never released because people thought that it was so terrible. And what *The Brave* is about is about this uh, native, played by Depp, who lives in a garbage dump. <laughs> she, he lives. He lives in a garbage dump surrounded by all these kind of lynchian freaks, and he decides he's an alcoholic, right? And he decides that he's going to take care of his family by selling himself to Marlon Brando who's this creepy guy in a wheelchair who's going to create a snuff film with with Holy with him. So he's selling his body to be snuffed out by Marlon Brando and it's really slow. It's like two hours long. You never see the snuff film getting made. Uh, it's mostly just like this kind of creepy meditation on this guy who's about to, to die. Um, I don't know how my... I guess because he's a film professor you can kind of pull some strings but this is maybe it's not as hard to find today, but it was really hard to find back then. And I remember mm-hmm. watching that and being like, that's one of the best things I've ever seen. Like that's so good. You know what I mean? Like this movie is, and I got everything about it. That was trashy. I got all the things that you're supposed, that are supposed to trigger you and say, this is yeah. really bad, but I watched it and I'm like this, like the last shot of the movie, like when he's getting lowered down into like the Marlon Brando's lair to be snuffed out right before the movie ends. Like I got such chills watching that, and and then it was over, and I was like, "Fuck, that was affecting." But now I have to do this calculus in my head of like, not a not a good movie, not supposed to be good, and mm. that's when I started kind of uh, pulling this this kind of critically brainwashed thing going on in my own head apart.
1: I can see that, like, because, yeah, no, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, all the essays in the world and all the all the reviews, like, if a movie or or any work of art affects you, it affects you. Like, and yeah, like, you can't tell me that I like, I don't know, you can't tell me that I like, can't be affected by something because it gets a few things wrong. Um, what's like the what's like the
0: stupidest movie that's really affected you? That like if you were to tell us like, it can be Disney I guess or like maybe even a campy horror movie, but something that just really hits you.
1: I don't know, man. Like uh, you know, I, you know I have you know a kid, so I watch a lot of stuff with him, um, and I've got to say those those Frozen movies are pretty fucking good, dude. <laughs> Okay,
0: all right, all right. Especially the second
1: one. Especially
2: the second one. What about you, Kelly. I was trying to think if there was like a, uh, if like on the, easy on the Disney train, like Lilo and Stitch, it was like, that that one one hits.
1: Man, man, nearly anything with like dad shit. You know what? I got to change my answer now. What is it? (laughs) Uh, Jane, Silent Bob reboot. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I got. Is that Strike Back or no. or? no. it's the reboot. It's the one they made like two years ago.
0: <laughs> like, oh, I didn't even know this existed. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I got like really weepy when I was watching it because it's like Jay finds out he has a kid and like mm. he's like, but he's still Jay, like so he's right. like just kind of a fuck up, and like he's just trying to get to know his daughter and like I don't know the whole film felt like I know Kevin Smith has worked on stuff since but like it felt very much like a ride off into the sunset for like these characters and like maybe even that whole like generation of of filmmaking and it just kind of made me really I don't know emotional I guess good good answers what would you guys give Fudo out of 10 oh that's hard to say, man. I'm more of like an up-down kind of guy. Like I, you know, like too I, bad.
0: This is the Agitator Podcast, baby. We do out of ten.
1: We do <laughs> All <that> right. 10. <laughs> I'd say like a seven or an eight.
0: Seven or an eight? Okay. Kelby, say a nine. You give it a nine. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'd probably be closer to Lucas. Yeah, I'd probably give it like a seven and a half, eight, something like that. Yeah, be somewhere around there
1: for me. I bet a this is like going back a few topics, but uh, you were talking about native American uh, cinema and I'm wondering if that, you know, if that guy's still teaching, if he show, if he would show this movie blood quantum, which is really fucking good. Uh, maybe, maybe yeah. I
0: could ask him. I keep in contact with the guy. Um, by the way, for anyone who's listening, before I forget, I mentioned housemate of dawn. That was another one uh, that I I think was actually directed by a native director.
1: Uh, mm.
0: We had some really good conversations about that one. Cause that's a notoriously quote unquote bad movie. It's like trying to be a prestige thing and it just does everything wrong. Yeah. And that was also an area where I was like, this movie is doing everything wrong and it's awesome. And it's like awesome with how, how incorrectly it's doing things. It's like you're when a movie is done wrong, sometimes you actually feel like you're seeing a person make something you know yeah. what I mean? And there's a quality to that that's more interesting than something really slick that, uh, you know, I don't know. What's a slick filmmaker who's just like, it's all, it's always like super, t- like J.J. J. Abrams or something.
1: You know, right. where everything's right.
0: like this well-oiled machine. and just you know, any of those.
1: And, and I like the Marvel movies, but like, yeah, like any of the Marvel movies too. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, like just super. Right.
0: But they're like master classes in how you're technically supposed to make a movie
2: right yeah
1: specifically a blockbuster movie
2: right right yeah. well bro, be kind rewind yeah that's it i don't know is that supposed to be a dumb movie or is that supposed yeah. to be a good movie okay that's a dumb movie that made me cr- jesus christ bro yeah cause what they happens just love, to be kind rewind that's where jack black is like
0: radioactive He's radioactive? Oh, I thought it was where they made the movies, uh they made like their own versions of movies. Yeah,
2: they do, because he's radioactive because he lives in a nuclear plant. And he like <laughs> he walks into the video store and erases all of the uh the tape information. Oh, <laughs> like he okay. fucks up all the tape.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how radiation works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: what a great concept for me i want to yeah. see more of that come back too i want to see more ridiculous premises yeah. that just don't hold up at all but uh, treated completely seriously
1: yeah whenever somebody like comes at me and is like this movie wasn't realistic like i'm like i i automatically know i can't be friends with that person like yeah. if that's their criticism if they're like uh wasn't realistic i'm like yeah i don't think we're gonna get along <laughs> It's
0: like, I feel like if they shot Jason that many times, he probably would have died. Yeah. It's like,
2: oh, I see. Yeah. Your
0: brain is broken,
2: right? Yeah. You think that... I, I caught myself in Fudo, uh, where there was... Uh, oh, the scene where he's finally... He's getting revenge against his father, and uh, he comes in and shoots him, because he springs up. He's going to cut off his head, like he cut off his brother's head in his sleep. But... He, like, has this badass little, like, necklace guard that goes over him, mm-hmm. like, by remote, and he, like, stops him, and he jumps up, and, like, they've got this little katana fight, and he disarms his dad. His dad pulls out a gun and, like, shoots him, like, empties yeah. the revolver. Oh, and uh And <laughs> I caught myself in that, because I was like, that's not how bulletproof vests work. And I was like, it's so you can't shoot
0: darts out of your twisty either. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I oh, I know we gotta go. I know we gotta wrap this up, but I totally forgot to do this. This is why I'm such a bad, you know, show host. But uh, the theme, right? The theme of the movie. Yeah it's a theme yeah. in a lot of neat gaze movies, which actually is the conflict between generations, right? It was right. in it was in Agitator, the plot is of Agitator is a little bit recycled. Uh, well, I guess you can't say it's recycled because Blue's Harp came before, but it's a similar kind of thing going on there. But there's a lot of stuff in B.K.'s work about uh, parental figures or the old heads kind of exploiting the young for mm-hmm. their own personal benefit, like being vampires and leeching off the energy of the young. And in this case, literally killing kids, right, to yeah. to, to get ahead. And uh, Miike is very much doing, I think, a kind of image magic thing where the kids take revenge. Right? They're 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 taking revenge on their parents for all of the, uh, you know, shitty situations that they get into. Can't believe I forgot
1: to mention that. But that's yeah. that's the theme. Oh, oh, no, that's great. Which uh, you know, I mean, we're all dads raised on Miike movies, so I guess I guess theoretically we should be good parents. Because we don't yeah. want our kids to shoot darts out of their privates at yeah. us.
0: Although that would be really cool if yeah. my son could could do that. I'd be like, "You have it. We're gonna go on America's Got Talent. We're yeah. gonna make <laughs> 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 this
2: will totally go over well."
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll call that uh, the show. Thanks everybody for listening, Lucas. Before you go, would you like to? promote anything we talked about the final gate we talked about make your own damn podcast i'll put links to all those in the shows anything else that you want to pimp before you
1: go um no just uh you know if you uh if you uh want to bullshit with me about horror or wrestling or trauma or any of this shit uh you know um i am on the bird site at real lucas mangum um i will reply to you if you say something to me but uh you know I try to uh create my co- cure curate my content uh carefully on there for mm-hmm. reasons <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: yeah because in real life lucas is really racist and he has to hide it on twitter
1: <laughs> this is not true but uh <laughs>
2: people, people no, start to not... wonder they're like why why does lucas fuck with them like i don't get it what's the yeah. catch it's like you think that we're secretly good people, but no, 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 no. Lucas is secretly <laughs> <laughs> a terrible person.
0: <laughs> yeah, having friends like us is a real liability. But you know, we appreciate having nice friends who are uh, liked by other people. It's weird. What's what's that like? What's it like to be liked by people, Lucas?
1: Um, it's uh you know you kind of are in a constant state of paranoia because you just don't know
0: <laughs> don't know when people are going to stop liking you <laughs> yeah that's uh, funny. yeah you yeah. should get canceled dude after that you just really stop caring for the most part yeah. you're just like well whatever what are they gonna do cancel me again
1: clearly no you had you know one of one of my favorite takes on getting canceled was it was not the not the second time he got canceled but the first time he got canceled we, we talked about it a little bit on white trash occultism and you're just like wait you mean i never have to talk to these motherfuckers ever again <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly they were doing me a favor dude you know how many times that's one of the things about canceling that bothered me is like especially in the crime community There were so many times that I like bit my tongue and didn't say anything with all the fucking retarded shit that they would say on a daily basis. And then when they finally canceled me, I was like, I should have been meaner to you. I should have been mean to all of you because you deserve it. And now it's going to look like I'm being mean to you because I'm angry about it. I'm bitter, right? But really, I just don't like you because you're talentless and I think you're a horrible person. So... (laughs) That's a bummer. Always be mean to people when you have the chance.
2: Mm -hmm. Call it out. Call it like you see it.